hope you are thirsty for some pro wrestling punditry because we are slamming it into your ear holes here today. It is me, the managing editor of Wrestling Nick, Nick Hausman, back to host another episode of your favorite pro wrestling punditry afternoon show. And I am joined here as I am just about every Thursday by my very good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back. Good to be talking to you again. I was reflecting the other day after we hung up and recorded yesterday's show. We've this is like years now that you and I have been uh, doing punditry together. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, at least what? Five, I mean, maybe yeah, at least three, four, five. I don't know. I don't see. That's the thing. You know, it's like I didn't even know. I'd have to Google our own friendship or something like that. But it's been a while, man. We're still. <laughs> you would. We, I, we would have to Google our friendship. But Google would have to tell us how long we've been doing stuff together. Uh, you know what? That's probably a pretty accurate way for us to find out how long we've been doing stuff together now that I think about it. Um, but we are still hanging here together, and I really love talking wrestling with you, Justin. And I love that so many people tune in uh, to hear us uh, every week here on the Winkly. And uh, before we get to anything here on the show today, uh, I got it approved everything this morning. Uh, this Monday, just before Raw, we are going to be making a huge announcement about the future of the Winkly. Now, that sounds doom and gloom when I say it like that, but this is a very positive thing that is happening, and it's going to uh, really make a lot of you out there that enjoy this show very, very happy. So I encourage you, this Monday before Raw, go to the site. You're going to find out what the news is, what's going on with the Winkly, and uh, then on Tuesday, we'll talk about it. Uh, I'll talk about it with Michael. I'll talk to you about it uh, on next Wednesday. So, so just at a quick Google glance while you were giving that plug, <laughs> since I uh, uh, just on a quick Google glance, uh, I've been able to find us together as far back as June of 2015. Uh, wow! Uh, and I'm, I'm very, I'm very early on here in the Google search, so that <laughs> goes six, back quite a while. That's almost six years, Justin. Yeah, and I, I bet you it's earlier than that. It just happens to be that that just happens to be the. the the farthest back date I just happened to quickly glance at here. I'm, I'm going through <laughs> the archives. I like how you and I both were kind of like, what's it been, two, three years? And it's like, no, this has been over half a decade that you guys have been talking wrestling together now. Um, hmm. Houseman and Labar, go figure. Or Labar and Houseman, I don't really care. I'm not preferential to going first. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. Uh, well, you're no, you're no, you're 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 normally the host. You're normally the setup man. That's true. I am. I am. I keep the things flowing here. Um, but I promise you guys, if you like this show, uh, you really, uh, I'll just, uh, I'll just say, you're gonna get more of what you love, and it's gonna be very exciting. And I cannot wait for you all to come back next week. Justin is gonna be uh, a part of the future of everything we're doing here. Of course, nobody's going anywhere. You're just gonna get more. So that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. Um, and uh, as for this show here today, the Winkly, the last one of the week here, uh, we have two big interviews, Justin. Now, I've done one interview a week. I'm trying to find my footing here as we're getting back into the flow of the new year, getting interviews in. And uh, I got uh, a flush with interviews very quickly upon my return. Uh, these two interviews are very timely since both of these wrestlers are going to be wrestling on different big shows in Dallas this weekend. Uh, but first, right after the news, you're going to hear from Impact Wrestling's Tessa Blanchard, who, of course, is going to be taking on Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship uh, this Sunday night at Impact's Hard to Kill. Uh, I really love this conversation. Tessa is exceptionally candid. And uh, if, it's like it's it's uh, it was a little wild because when I did the interview with Sammy that everybody heard yesterday, Sammy um, very much Sammy Callahan, I, I guess I'll say to, to say it nicely there, but he was very much the character, the, the guy you would see on TV. Uh, this interview with Tessa is uh, kind of like the opposite. It was very much, I feel like, uh, the real Tessa in a lot of ways, having a very frank conversation with me. So uh, I think you guys are going to really love that one. And then right after the interview with Tessa, 
You're going to be hearing from MLW's Mance Warner, who's going to be taking on Jimmy Havoc in a barbed wire match uh, this Saturday night at MLW Zero Hour, also in Dallas. So both of these shows are in Dallas. Uh, two guests from two big promotions. And uh, on top of that, I'm heading out Saturday morning uh, to cover both of these shows this weekend in Dallas. I'll be at Zero Hour. I'll be at Hard to Kill. There's also going to be some media stuff going on during the day both days. So uh, no, no rest for the wicked here. I don't get a weekend. Uh, this week, Justin. Uh, I'll have to wait for the next one. I saw a great quote the other day, and it was, you never hear of a crackhead who runs out of money just saying, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to uh, smoke crack. They always find a way to smoke crack, so don't let a crackhead out-hustle you, and you are not being out-hustled. You're always working. You're always yeah. finding a way to get things done. It's true. It's true. Well, this is a good one. I, you know, and uh, I w- here's a little inside baseball thing, Justin. Um, so Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV, right? And Access TV's press team, uh, there's actually a guy named Sean who runs the Access TV press team. Uh, and Ross Foreman runs Impact and is also great. But um, the, the, the work that Sean does with Access TV and their press team, he is so top-notch and he's so good. And when we would go cover or I would go cover New Japan shows, um, I would always have to go through Sean if it was in the States because Access TV handled New Japan's press in the States. Well, now that New Japan's no longer on Access TV, Impact has like inherited Access TV's press team so on top of the already great access i've already felt like i've gotten from impact uh sean is doing some special things i don't want to i don't want to put the cart before the horse because i think this is gonna be the uh uh, they're gonna be doing some new stuff with the press uh this sunday night in dallas so i guess i don't know there's a tease uh but the there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot more access for me and i know that sean is pushing for a lot of that and uh if there is a big loss for new japan in no longer being with access tv it kind of hit me like an apple on the head this morning that losing their PR team is as far as integrating to the States. That, that is a loss. Cause I think they just do really good work. Yeah. That's, <laughs> okay. that, that's interesting. Little, little in, inside the inner workings of, of your, of the job. You're getting, you're getting the stuff I thought about while, while in the shower this morning. Okay. All right. Big show. Tessa Blanchard, Mance Warner, Justin, the bar is here. Big news on the horizon Monday before raw. Let's get to it here. News. You can use news to leave a bruise. Uh, we are starting off here uh, with an exclusive. Just this morning, uh, Raj and I uh, got some news across our respective tables. It was kind of interesting. We both hit each other at the same time. We were like, I heard this. He's like, I heard this. And we started asking around. And we feel pretty confident reporting this because we reported it this morning in a post. Um, MLW has interest from the Showtime network. Now, I'm not entirely sure if this is just going to be big specials on the pay-per-view or weekly MLW Fusion. Uh, there, I know there's been interest from Showtime in the past in pro wrestling, but it does look like there is uh, something to it. There, is a, there are communications between the two sides. Uh, on that note, last week when there was news breaking about MLW doing uh, having a big deal coming up soon, uh, I reached out to Court, who on the record said to me that whatever the news is, is going to be transformative to MLW's immediate and long-term future. So that would seem to fall in line with now what I'm hearing about MLW and Showtime. So... Um, you know, last night was Wednesday night, but here we are. We're going to start talking about MLW today. Uh, what do you think about a possible move here, uh, in any shape for MLW to Showtime Network? I, I mean, I, I can't see it as bad. I, I can't, I, 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 I'd only think it's going to be a positive in terms of uh, opening up, uh, awareness about them and opening up, um, expanding their audience. I mean, I, I you know, I know, I mean, obviously, right. um, Obviously, Showtime's a premium channel, so not everybody has it, but it's still, you know, I mean, there's still a lot of successful 
programming that's on it. It's 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 and in the world of cord cutting and such, Showtime you know is still surviving. So, yeah. um, I, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say a bad thing about this with with the little information that we have at the moment. Yeah, and you know, the, right now MLW they've got BN Sports, uh, which is a fine network, but the distribution is not gigantic for BN, right? Uh, but they also release their shows for free shortly after on, on YouTube, which has kind of like blown a couple of my friends' minds. And I'm like, you can just go on YouTube. The full episodes are there. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like, um, but, uh, but with this, you know, it is. It's just an elevation here. You know, if you're on Showtime, the Showtime app. You know, I think Showtime, I think boxing, which is, which is kind of a fight mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, this, is, this isn't like a jump to prime time on like a, a USA or, or a, a, a TNT. But... Um, MLW's model has been since the get-go incremental movement here, uh, getting them on something that is in more homes, getting them associated with something that has a little bit more prestige to it. You know, again, these are just more steps. I feel like MLW is making in the right direction and, and legitimately, you know, you're going to hear it in my voice here when I talk to Mance Warner and just a little bit in this interview about the work he's been doing to Jimmy Havoc and all the crazy matches they've had on MLW fusion, I, you know, they're making a fan out of me. I've always enjoyed the Chicago shows, but I think their television product is, is absolutely seeing strides. I don't know how much you keep up with them, but I, I have enjoyed what they're doing as of late. I don't follow, um, like, I don't follow like month to month, the stories, you know, I, I definitely, when there's, um, you know, when I certainly, when I hear with like, through people like yourself or when, you know, when I hear that there's a match or a clip or a character that's, that's kind of grabbing people's attention, I'll do what I have to do to seek it out and find it. Um, and I'll say this, I, from everything I've ever seen, I, I've enjoyed, uh, I, I've enjoyed what I've seen. There's barely been a time that I've watched something of MLWs. I'm like, oh, well, that was a waste, or oh, I don't get the hype. It's just kind of a case of there's so much already out there for free that you know that I'm already absorbing, you know, because of of doing this gig, you know, with WWE and AEW and, and all the NXT brands. I, it's just it's it's hard. It's hard to find one more thing. It's hard to find one more thing, and then and then you know doing what I have to do to 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 watch it and to follow along. It's just. There's a lot. There's just a lot out there, yeah. uh, which it's 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 crazy to think. I mean, it's it's good for the business. It's very good for the business to have, um, again, to have more of these options. I, I don't know what the average pay is for an MLW talent. I've never, you know, I've never asked that question to any talent. Um, but it's just it's good that there's options out there. Yeah, and you know that's the thing about MLW, right? I, I don't know that I don't know how much anyone's making. If it's you know, I'm sure there's some making fine money there, but it is like it's become not just a place. Because I used to think of MLW a bit like a stepping stone because so many of their guys were getting picked off and taken elsewhere, like MJF and Jimmy Havoc, obviously, and they're still there. They worked out deals. Uh, But there were other talents that MLW, I feel, uh, heated up. Lucha Brothers, another great example of a talent that got heated up. Um, Now, MLW, because they've had more talent, like Filthy Tom Lawler, he's decided he's going to stick around here for the long haul. Uh, They brought on Alicia Tout recently, uh, or a toot. Um, and, and, and there've been other, uh, there've been other talents here that signed recently, um, and are in for the long haul, I know. So the crew that they have there is, uh, very tight. I'll put it that way from everyone I've talked to. And, um, we'll see it. Does, I mean, it, you know, that's, it's like ECW, man. You know, it's like some guys saw that as a home. Some guys saw it as a stepping stone, but everybody there was having a good time making some money. And uh, they had a very loyal fan base. I, I could very easily see MLW falling in line with that, especially with all the deathmatch stuff they're doing. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, there you go. All right, MLW to start the show. Let's get to what happened last night, though. Uh, The Wednesday Night War back in full swing. Nobody's doing holiday shows, no recap shows. Both first-run shows last night, head-to-head. We have some news from NXT. We have some news from Dynamite. We'll get to both, but I'll ask you, Justin, which show did you find more compelling last night uh, on Wednesday? 
compelling, probably, probably AEW. And that's only because I'm not, you know, the tag team tournaments don't, don't get me riled up and excited the way maybe some other people would get, you know, excited about it. Um, so I felt more compelling. There was more compelling elements to AEW. That said, um, I also had harsher criticisms at time for AEW. So AEW had higher points for me, but they also had some low points where I was just like, you know, hand on the forehead dude, but, <laughs> type okay. of thing. Dude, I felt the exact same way. I was like, when it was good, it was great. When it was not good, I was like, oh my God, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah. And we'll get to that here in a second. But with NXT, my opposite, I had like the opposite thought where I was like, I like this and I kind of just, it hit a buzz for me. It was like, it, it was a consistency. I enjoyed it uh, largely, I think at the same level, hit or miss a couple, you know, longer tag matches, like you mentioned there, where we're kind of, you know, in the early rounds. It, it it has a certain thread to it where it all kind of has a sameness and it feels unified, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, and that's a word that I that I think is I think consistent is the consistent uh, um, uh, judgment of, of NXT, which is not a bad thing. I, they they are consistent. I, I haven't recalled an NXT show at least at least since we've you know had them under the microscope. Um, on when being on Wednesdays head to head with AEW, I really can't think of an NXT episode that's been like bad. They they they're all pretty consistent, and then there's some that are that have higher points than others. Um, you know, they kind of are, are consistent. I don't want to say flat line because that obviously like symbolizes death, but they they kind of have this consistent line. And then you have AEW, which again it can have some really big peaks, but then it can have some really big drop offs at times. It's, it can be very uh, you know very night and day there. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's start off talking about AEW, and then we'll get to the uh, the NXT news. So last night at AEW, the main event, where I guess the final segment saw John Moxley tease that he was going to join Inner Circle before laying out Jericho to close the show. Now it was a long tease. He really went into this, like seven, eight, nine, maybe ten minutes of John Moxley acting like he's in the Inner Circle. He's joined this. He's there, and then at the very last moment, hits Jericho with the champagne bottle, lays him out uh, with the double arm DDT. I mean, I was, I, I, there was a, about five minutes into it, Justin, I really was like, wow, are they doing this? I, I mean, they, they had me at least there for a couple minutes. Yeah, they did it well. They did it well because of what you just said, because they, they really let it soak in. You know, I think, um, you know, we, we've seen this whole shtick in wrestling before where, you know, you know, heel groups trying to get the baby face to join baby face says they join and, you know, 45 seconds later, they, they turn on them. And so you just don't quite, it doesn't, you know, it really doesn't set in, but they did it well here. They, I mean, they, they let it milk for minutes and minutes to the point to where the audience was finally like, Oh my, Oh my, this might actually be happening. And they started chanting, <laughs> oh you sold out. I mean, so that's kind of your, that's kind of your measuring stick when you get the audience to actually, you know, and this is supposed to be a, you know, an AEW predominantly is a, you know, a, a smarter audience in the sense of it's not, a, you know, it's not, you know, you're not talking about people that have, you know, they've all seen this angle before. They've all seen what I just described. Right. You know, that they've seen how wrestling's traditionally done. And so that when you get them chanting, you sold out, they they bought into it. Yes. So yeah, this was this was well done. This was really this well was, done. This was this was the highlight of both shows for me. In the end, I mean, I really was there sitting. I'm have my phone in my hand. I'm like, what do I tweet? I'm like, what are, are these people high? Like, what's going on right now? Um, <laughs> you know, by the by the end of it, by the end of it though, man, it is hard to argue that Moxley shouldn't be the guy. Uh, to be to be carrying that show right now he, he's been so good at everything he does he's got that polish to him he's got his own personality he knows who he is uh and this i mean throw some heat on the fire here with jericho this was just i thought it was great i thought it was just all very well done 
Um, then we'll flip to the other side uh, of the coin here, something that I don't think the fans really enjoyed as much. Uh, we got Dr. Luther, uh, bald deathmatch, Japanese deathmatch legend, uh, debuting as the newest member of the Nightmare Collective. Uh, Brandy was on commentary during the Statlander-Riho match. Uh, she came to ringside to confront Statlander uh, when Luther emerged under the ring. Kong and Cruz were out there. Everybody gets involved in a melee. It leads to a bunch of AEW women coming out. And uh, it was, uh, I think, overbooked. Is this? I think I saw that in just about every tweet um, uh, in regards to this. How did you feel about uh, everything that, that uh, played out during this women's title match and the Dr. Luther debut? Yeah, so this is this is... This is maddening and frustrating. Um, the first part being the first, the first, first problem I have. So they're doing all this. They have all, and I mind you, I like Brandy and Kong. I actually like this little nightmare collective. I like the idea behind it. I know there's, I know it's a whole separate conversation of how many dark cults do do we need to have in one promotion. But I actually am fine with this. Um, I, I like the I like the premise behind the group is what I mean. So I'm not against obviously them having business to to accomplish and getting involved in this match. You know, one of the first critiques I had, and this is just kind of a little more X's and O's, is they should have bumped the damn ref. The ref the the ref is checking on Rio, who got tossed into the to the guardrails and was checking on Rio. And then all this went on for like three minutes. Like I I I was shocked when when I when I when I realized the match is still going on and they and they had a like. That kind of bothered me. Now, I know that may not matter to some fans, but as I'm watching it, and this is just part of what we do, you know, I'm judging that. And and, 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 and referee issues, I think, has been, you know, burying the referee has been a consistent thing, unfortunately, uh, on AEW episodes at times. To the Dr. Luther thing, um, you know, <laughs> when when commentary even sounds like they don't know who the hell this guy is or what to say about him, I, I it just it just came off. I don't know. Like I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to think or feel here. Like I mean, we we were having this conversation a little bit last night as we were talking. You know, and only had a few minutes to digest this on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel, and we're googling him. And you know, he's in his 50s. He was trained by the Hearts in the Heart Dungeon in the 80s. Um, it just kind of feels like like were we supposed to know who this guy is? Is this supposed to be a big deal? Um, then it starts to feel like are we just now handing out paychecks to our friends? in japan i don't know i, I this th there was just so much goo goo and gaga that went on it just became yeah um I, and, yeah and that's the thing is i i'm i'm so on the outside uh looking in on on this one and uh, i feel like because i don't know like and that's that's the unfortunate thing is i'm thinking too hard about things that are not what i'm supposed to be thinking about when i watch this all play out right i'm not really invested in the in them trying to get heat or what the feud is like i'm more just kind of scratching my head and wondering what's going on here because i i personally know melanie cruz i worked with mel for years here uh in the midwest indies and she is a phenomenal performer i know awesome kong uh all-time legend right to see those two as like backdrop players to a bunch of shenanigans that they're kind of just like being lumped in with it, it, it saddens me a little bit because I know that both of them can be bigger stars in this moment, right? And are kind of saddled with these other things. Uh, also, like, yeah, I, I don't hate the idea of a collective of women in that division. Um, I don't like when Brandy, I mean, and she's, okay, she's a heel. Her job is to get heat, okay? I don't like the constant burial of talent and the constant, like, um, complete just the third the complete drop to third wall because she's playing like a spooky like uh cult leader here right now 
And Kristen Statlander comes out, and the first thing Brandy says is, well, she's not a real alien. This is stupid. This is a person right. like an alien, right? Right. Can you imagine if Jim Ross or Jerry Lawler was like, that's not The Undertaker. He's not a zombie. He's just a dude in a black right. jacket. Do you know right. how much it takes away yeah. from the mystique of a performer? And she takes us, She did a whole promo taking pot shots at the women's division like yeah. a week or two ago. Same stuff. And it's like, okay, you can be a heel by carrying yourself like a heel and getting that heat without having to go and, and do this kind of stuff, intentionally burying the rest of the division. It just it rubs me the wrong way when I hear her say those things. So, Right. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the commentary thing because, uh, you know, that it, it did seem like there was like a lack of direction or even any production notes of what are we going to accomplish? Because Brandy's been really good in the well, not Russians, like really good. Brandy, when it's been pre-taped, produced things, she's came off, you know, like I bought into, like I bought into her being the spooky kind of cult leader in the in the spooky kind of vignettes we've seen. I've been okay with that because obviously you, know, you get you know infinite amount of takes, you need to get it right, and edit, the magic of editing. But yeah, her on live commentary, live mic. I, I remember the Chris Statlander comment, I, and I shook my head when she said it, and 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 a, and a lot of the commentary. You know, um, yeah, everything ranging from you know when they they show they, they show some of the lady talents, uh, the women talent in the in the in the, in the audience, and well, it, is she really a doctor? You know that comment, and then you know, um, then Kong and um, and the other one, Melly, as they're coming to the ring, as they're coming down to start their interference. You know, somebody on commentary asked Brandy, like, well, what are they doing? And she's like, well, how should I know? They have their own minds. They think for themselves. And I'm like, do they? Aren't you supposed to be the cult leader who's kind of like brainwashed and controlling all of it? Like, it was just, it was, it was wildly counterproductive in so many, in, in so many aspects. They really felt that there was no, that there really was no planning of, of, of here's some talking points here's some things to make sure we say and get over here's some things to make sure we don't say i yeah i i'm glad you brought that up and yeah. so because that was that was very noticeable okay we went from the high to the low let's find somewhere here in the middle uh dallas page came out and confronted mjf and wardlow looked like they were about to come to blows mj brings out the butcher the blade and the bunny they get in a confrontation here uh they get run off uh by dustin and the bucks um, and uh, next week you're going to see Dallas Page return to the ring. Uh, he's going to team with da Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall against MJF, uh, the Butcher, and the Blade next week on Dynamite. Uh, I say I put this somewhere in the middle here because when it finally started to get physical and I'm watching, uh, how old is Diamond Dallas Page? How old is he? Like, not that he 61, 63. Okay. Watching him, like, <laughs> drop, like, all the young talent with cutters just kind of it felt... Like, there, he didn't have backup or anything. It was just, I don't know. It felt a little weird to me. Uh, but other than that, I love Dallas Page. Uh, I thought this was, uh, I thought the fans were really into this. If you saw the bit during the commercial where he went up in the crowd and did the bang thing with everybody, I mean, full-on nitro for me. Uh, well, how did you feel about the Dallas Page confrontation and the, and the match they're setting up for next week? His return to the ring. A little mixed. Uh, he'll be 64 in April, by the way. Um Okay. You know, I like if, if it results the way I think it's going to result, I, you know, I'm all for, you know, WWE doesn't do this enough for, for as much as WWE brings around the legends and has, you know, freaking anniversary shows every year and, and whatever. You know, we, we I think we often say WWE does not use those credible legends from the Attitude Era or whatever to put over young talent. They don't do it enough. You know, they, they, they don't. Um, you know, they'll have. 
know, they'd rather have, you know, legend come out and, and, and verbally punk out, you know, an Elias or something. I don't know. So, uh, so if, if his ultimate results in DDP putting over MJF, putting over World, or however, whatever happens, I mean, that's good. Yeah, the way, I mean, this segment was entertaining. I mean, like, you know, MJF, you know, with, uh, with you know, he's live tweeting, <laughs> telling, you know, wishing DDP would shut up and, 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 and uh, you know, the comment he made about, uh, ddp's daughter i mean like it was you know there was an entertaining back and forth but yeah then when you get to the point of like ddp's dropping all these you know ddp's outnumbered and like it took far longer than it probably should have for the for the numbers game to finally you know uh go against him like he he was he was you know he was running through them like he was in his prime so yeah you know the other the other thing i have about this is um so i know who qt marshall is like i know who he is he's a, you know he's a good guy it's cool to see him you know getting this it's cool to see him working with AEW and in a you know a producer role and he's got a little bit of screen time um i don't maybe i missed something here i don't feel like a i feel like AEW is assuming that we everybody should know who qt marshall is and maybe what his background is maybe what his relationship is with the with the roads i don't feel like they've told that i feel like QT Marshall's shown up a few times on AEW Dynamite, and again, good for him that he's getting, you know, the guy put he put he paid a lot of dues, been a great trainer in the business, he's done some work with ROH. I don't feel like they've done enough to ex- just to explain like who this guy is. Like I, I feel like it's a, it's been a, it's been a little bit random if, if that makes sense. So um, that's a that's another critique I've had uh, that's been reoccurring. Uh, but yeah. you know. no, no offense to like Marcus Bagwell, but he feels like the support player in all this, you know, in a lot of ways. It'll t- you know, I don't know. And, 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 and honestly, with the way that AEW has packaged some of their talent and pushed them right out of the gate in certain ways and taking chances, maybe holding back and seeing kind of organically what happens with a guy, not not a bad route. There's not a whole lot of guys in AEW actually doing that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So let people come to we'll their own see. Yeah, we'll see. It, it, yeah, it's, it's like I said, AEW, man. It, it is like you said earlier. It's either really good or there's just things that I, I just uh, just can't get my head around. She's not an alien, Justin. You an idiot? <laughs> I mean, why don't you just, just go just go ahead and just tell us that we know that you know who's going to win. That the, the, the winner's predetermined. Just oh, go ahead, and, just go ahead and tell us that. I've got some thoughts on Santa Claus as well. Mike cut. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it's and again. I think I'm, I'm I'm happy. I was I was happy when we first started seeing that Brandy when they first started showing the teases uh, in the videos of Brandy and Kong and that, they, that, that there was going to be this 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 dark side kind of group. I was in favor and I still am because I, I like the fact that I'm like, OK, you know, if they're going to use Brandy, I, I, I'd much rather this with some with some character and some and some depth and some fun versus her just being kind of kind of. Uh, either smiley go lucky happy faces baby face brandy trying to wrestle in the women's division or her trying to be a a a, a stephanie mcmahon you know where she okay we know she's an executive and she's coming out playing just the the the, the, the evil businesswoman i, I mean i'm kind of cool i think it's kind of cool they, they took they're taking a little supernatural twist and, and i think again the pre-produced stuff has been entertaining but the live commentary live commentary during a match like like you noted earlier you don't bury everybody there's a way to be a heel but still give credibility to the people that you're trying to you know make money with (laughs) stephanie mcmahon pretended kane's mask had magical powers that's the thing all right they kept it in like a little box all right stephanie mcmahon's not gonna come out and be like kane that's not undertaker's brother he's a politician glenn go talk to him interesting cat yeah uh all right uh let's move (laughs) 
Glenn. Look at Glenn. He's great. Anyway, <laughs> ripping that cage door off. God, I love oh, Glenn. Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Glenn's playing dress up again. He's got his red costume on. You want to know something? Those flames? He doesn't make that stuff happen with his mind. It's all tricks. It's pyro. <laughs> That's our pyro guy, Greg, is sitting over here pushing a button. Sometimes it's not Greg. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, off the off that soapbox. Uh, we have one more AEW note I'm going to work in before we get to NXT stuff. I just found this really interesting. So uh, the Observer reporting that the Ford GT that Jericho has now, I guess, gifted to Moxley, and Moxley's going to trash this thing or something. I'm not really sure what they'll do with the car. Uh, but it's AEW lead investor Shad Khan, so maybe he won't be trashing it. Uh, AEW officials reportedly originally planned to rent a red Lamborghini for the segment with Jericho, but Khan stepped in, allowed the company to use his expensive car. The newer Ford GT is reportedly going for a half million dollars, fully loaded at one point. And local media in Jacksonville has mentioned that there was a $450,000 price tag on Khan's GT. Uh, it was also noted that Shad is said to be really behind AEW these days. The billionaire entrepreneur was skeptical of the company when his son, President and CEO Tony Khan, launched it with Executive Vice Presidents Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks and Omega. But word now is that he is confident in the future uh, he's confident about the future and is quote unquote all in hilarious uh, with his support for the promotion. There's no word yet on what kind of limits the Khan family might have for their investment, but it sounds like they are in it for the long haul financially. I read this and I thought to myself, Justin, what if Eric Bischoff had been called, let's just say Eric Turner and uh, had kind of, a, I mean, kind of a similar dynamic with ted where he gets brought in we're going to try this thing out it goes really well and all of a sudden the shackles come off i read something like that and, and just a, a few different snapsies went off in my brain because that's very good news for aw if this report is true uh yeah i mean i, I mean i'm i'm glad to hear that the that the senior con member of the family who, who controls all the money, I'm happy to hear that he's all in on this investment they made. Well, um, for him, it's like, okay, a couple million dollars. I, again, look, you know, these are very wealthy people. <laughs> I don't know how they tie their money up, what they consider to be large and small investments. But if it's his son and he wants to do this, he's got a plan and he's, you know, all everything. I think that this had, I think this was a limited gamble here for Shad Khan, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, it you know, if, if it, it flops. It's not going to, you know, he's not going to go bankrupt. But yeah, I mean, it, obviously, this, it's just good to hear that he's behind this. And I mean, I, that's they've had a, you know, in the first twelve months of just announcing the concept of AEW, you know, they've had great success you know, TV, in the TV in the last, uh, you know, three months uh, has been. I mean, uh, there's, there's, I mean, you know, there's again, there's, there's the us, there's the wrestling media, there's the wrestling analysts and pundits of that, that we are. You know, we are critiquing some X's and O's things, and you know, the ref should have bumped here, and you know, that was not good on commentary. But the grand scheme of things, when when you're looking at a PNL, uh, which is what a billionaire is going to do, um, obviously the company is very early on, so they're not profiting. But when you're looking at all the factors that are that's going to lead to overall long-term success, he's got a lot of a lot of positives to take away. So I mean, I I, I I'd be shocked if he said anything other right now, uh, other than you know you know he's all in and supporting this uh well, let's flip over here to nxt uh rhea ripley kicked off the show last night she accepted a match with tony storm for the nxt women's championship for worlds collide uh by the way storm's gonna face uh, nxt uk women's champion kaylee Ree, kaylee ray and piper niven in a triple threat at sunday's uh, nxt uk takeover blackpool 2 event 
uh, and could be the champion going into the Rumble match, making this a uh, champion versus champion match if, if that were to happen. Um, but really, the start of the show was a big, big muscle flex on WWE's part, uh, showcasing that NXT women's division, which is deep, man. And considering the conversation we just had about the way that the women's division was kind of uh, portrayed on AEW, I thought this was a knockout on NXT's part uh, as far as showcasing the women last night. Yeah, I mean, t- for me, NXT won the first 15 minutes. If we're, you know, if you want to, we want to try to compare segment by segment, or, or you know, right, uh, you know, qu- quarter hours. Yeah, I mean, they 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 kicked off much better. Um, that well, and that's not to say that the tag match that started AEW was bad, but I just it didn't really, I, I didn't really know. I did, I just, it just didn't mean a lot to me. This this was great. Every single one of those uh, women who came out um, in that opening promo, they all felt like stars. They all just came I in. They they all they all just offered something. And um, yeah, I mean, the depth. The depth that, that 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 is certainly the that is certainly a huge factor that the WWE and NXT have going their favor that AEW doesn't. It's just the depth they have of of of, of women and the just the, the just the solid linear booking right now. Uh, we also saw Keith Lee uh, win a fatal four-way to become the number one contender for the uh, NXT North American Championship. He's going to face off against Roderick Strong uh, in a couple weeks here on the January 22nd episode of NXT. Uh, the push for Keith Lee continues here. Uh, it's still very impressive when you see Undisputed Era with all that gold. Uh, you, you do kind of wonder where the first crack will be in that armor. Um, this one could go either way for me, but Keith Lee certainly deserves it, man. I mean, the guy's red hot right now in NXT. Yeah, he is red hot. Um, I, I mean, yeah, and I and I kind of think he, he's so red hot that I mean, he's gonna have to win it, right? Maybe he doesn't win it in this first attempt. You know, maybe there's some some shenanigans yeah. as, as a heel faction you would expect would have. Sure. But if it's not this one, you know, he's gonna get a rematch. You got to think, you know, maybe if it leads to a rematch or it leads to some kind of a stipulation match or a cage match, something. You, know, you got to think he's gonna get this. I can't see him being unsuccessful in the quest now that he's number one contender. I can't see him being unsuccessful in the quest to become the North America champion. I mean, he's just he's got such momentum from. You know, I mean, obviously his performance on NXT every week has been great when we see him. Obviously, he had a great showing at uh, Survivor Series, I believe it was, uh, with Roman. I mean, so, I mean, he, I, I think I think the writing's on the wall that he's he's going to be champion here sooner than later. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, it, it, I see the booking that you could go either way there. You know, if you have some schmoz here happen with the Undisputed Era, you know, you could get the rematch at uh, World's Collide event. You know, this is going to be the Rumble weekend. Or give Keith Lee the title win, you know, uh, on NXT, and then do the do the rematch there in a couple weeks at Worlds Collide uh, with Roderick Strong trying to get it back. So, you know, that's the fun thing about a match like this. It's unpredictable and more compelling. Um, Chelsea Green officially debuted uh, alongside Robbie E. Um, what's Robbie E's? What's his new name? He's just what's it? Is he? Is, still- it, is it Brooks? Um, yeah. Uh, I, just, I, just, I just still call him Robbie E. Just Robbie E. In, in the short suit now. That's Robbie Brookside. I think that's right. No, Robbie Brookside's a different think, person. No, Robert Brookside's a trainer. <laughs> yeah, that's a different human <laughs> being altogether. Uh, Robert Strauss. Uh, I think it's Robbie Strauss. Or Robert Strauss. The Robert Strauss brand. Stra- I think it's Robert Strauss. Yeah, yeah that's it. That, are you gonna look this up now? Are you gonna go to I, I have to. Okay. I have to. Well, you're talking while you're while you're researching. I will say so. Chelsea debuts. She lays out Mia Yim or debuts alongside the former Robbie E. Uh, lays out Mia Yim and Caden Carter um, to to jumpstart her debut. Robbie E. puts her over big as the hottest free agent in all of pro wrestling. Uh, so of course she would join his brand, and uh, we'll see where it goes. You know, I, I like Rob. I've always enjoyed working with Robbie. I think he's very talented, very entertaining uh chelsea uh certainly has... robert stone brand robert stone robert stone chelsea green is part of the robert stone brand now so uh okay yeah more than willing to give it a chance unique pairing for sure 
Uh, and then uh, in the tag team division, uh, as part of the Dusty Tag Classic, we found out that Alex Shelley is going to uh, reform the Time Splitters with Kushida. He is the mystery partner. Uh, they're going to be in the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Classic. And the winners going into the winners coming out of that show, advancing the tournament last night, were Imperium and Undisputed Era. Really happy for Alex Shelley. Uh, this is a long time coming. I genuinely want to find out how he feels about finally getting to uh notch that wwe off of his list too long too long for this one yeah good for him yeah, another guy you know uh, pays dues uh been around the world and been a lot of places so uh you know certainly a good story you know a good 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 to see a talent like this getting um you know getting getting a spot yeah 100 percent. and this is a nice play here with all the new japan news coming out of uh, uh russell kingdom 14 here you go boom alex shelley kushida the time splitters they're back together uh, all right, lastly, we got two items here coming out of the click uh, before we get to the interviews. Uh, Sports Kita on an international WWE call had the chance to chat with Triple H, uh, who was asked about Drew McIntyre and a possible top uh, WWE title run for him in 2020. Uh, Triple H said, I think it's a possibility. Drew has, an has had an incredible run, started off at such a young age, and he's still so young now, and he's kind of just coming into his own as a performer, really. I told him that the sky is the limit for him. He left for a while. He had to go clear himself out and realize what he wanted and step away and come back even better. He's an incredibly hard worker, and he's as serious as serious can be. He wants to be the best in the world, and when you have that type of attitude and that strong a work ethic, absolutely, it's a possibility. Lot, I mean, every every couple months, the rumor flares up that they're going to put the rocket on Drew, and he still largely stayed at that upper mid-card level, even through the return. Would you be... Uh, on the hook, if he were the guy to to to, to eliminate a Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble and set up a match, well, and that's uh, yes, I would. Because um, you're right. He, since he's came back, you know he he's he's in he's in phenomenal shape. You know he's got that you know he's got that the, the beard's grown in him. He he just got he he's got that same he's got that Randy Orton factor of like if you're if you're creating a wrestler, this is this is like your you know, guy's tall. He's he's, he's well built. He, he's he's athletic. He's got that. But yeah, he'd always been kind of missing something. It was always kind of you know he was, you know, he, was he was the heel henchman. He just it just felt like they were missing something. But this past Monday, when he when he got on the mic and cut that promo, and, and he and he just felt it just it, it, it just felt right. He was kind of you know he got the, he got the crowd behind him. It felt like he was teasing having him. It almost felt like man, I could see him totally. I could totally see him up against a Brock Lesnar. Like it would be you know when you put them side by side when you do a tale of the tape, it's believable. You know, just by Drew's size. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel, you know, we kind of been sitting around waiting and I kind of feel like that uh, uh, if they're going to let Drew, I, 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 I kind of felt like they gave him like a, he felt like he had freedom on the mic. He just felt like he, he just he just, you know, he did he did the Claymore kick and he held on to the mic and he, <laughs> he back up. And he's like, look at that. I held on to the mic and had a little bit of a little bit of a, of a snarky, uh, you know, comedy to him. I, I think I, I could totally be into that. I, I would totally be excited to see Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for a world title. Absolutely. Well, we talk about big dudes uh, who are in good shape. Uh, it sounds like a big dude who's getting in better shape here. Kevin Nash, he shared an update on his physical rehab and recovery on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out the reason I retired was I, I was deformed and basically crippled. Uh, the knee replacement and two years of rehab and training have been brutal. Just got my hips to realign. Uh, just getting my hips to realign was incredibly painful. To the haters, F off. To those who have championed my recovery, I send my thanks and love. And he included these side-by-side -side photos, Justin. One from two years ago and one from now. And, and two years ago, his right knee 
is like skinny and hobbled and uh it's way more disfigured than i was expecting and now he looks like he's back to good i had no idea it was that bad for him with his knees a couple years ago yeah it, it was really bad i, I um I, you know, kevin came and, and worked uh, in a tag match for show for us uh, a couple years ago it might have been three years ago three or four but yeah i mean he's you know he was in some pain he's been in some pain you know he, he's going that. his body's yeah. going through a lot he's yeah. a big guy um but i know you know this past year i know i was talking to him earlier a couple months ago he you know he's going through a lot of a lot of good health rejuvenation and a lot of different things he's done and he's 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 at some of the best he's been in a long time now look here's the thing wwe i don't think is gonna bring kev back to do anything at least i don't know maybe he's still very good friends with hunter he i mean he's teasing here in the tweets recently that he'd like to do something that he's not technically retired i mean you know it's another war going on right now could he flip again could we see kevin nash and scott hall the outsiders in AEW? would you pop for that no no, no, well, you're not. You're, no, I'm, uh, you're not going to see that. Not like I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to do the same run or anything. I'm not saying they have to do all those same things. I'm just saying like it's an appearance, maybe like a one off or something like that. Kevin Nash should draw, no. man. Big. Do you ever see the graph he put together of how much money he made for all the promotions he worked for? No, I know. Like, I, 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 he's he shared with me. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time around Kevin and done a lot of business with him. He's he shared with me what he's made in certain residual checks, just getting his quarterly check. I mean, he. He knows. He knows where. He knows what's fed him and what's. Uh, you know, aside from the movie stuff, which he's still very passionate and loves doing, he still stays pretty active. Um, he, he's loyal. He's loyal to where his. He 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 ain't going there. He's not doing anything different. Yeah, he's a draw, absolutely. But if if he does anything, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be in the fashion that he's done in the past couple of years. You know, like when we saw NWO show up. Did like a little NWO versus DX kind of impromptu at the Mania and out in San Fran, and you know, we'll always see him in those little things but you know he's not he's not he's not pulling a bret hart and going to show up and unveil a title or, or do any or do a ddp spot in AEW or anything like that my guest at this time will battle sammy callahan for the impact wrestling world heavyweight championship this sunday night at hard to kill it is tessa blanchard tessa thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today of course thank you for having me on my pleasure now tessa this is a big match here you and sammy have had a lot of big matches but what kind of a statement are you looking to send this sunday uh with this title match with sammy you know this sunday no matter what the outcome is it's it's special it feels like we're doing something important and like i said no matter what the outcome is we have the opportunity to change pro wrestling altogether. so I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. When when you say that, I'll press you a little bit on that. When you say, bless you. Um, Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, when you when you say you want to change wrestling, what, what changes are you looking to make? What do you mean when you say something like that, Tessa? Well, when I first started wrestling, I always said that I want to make history in my own way. And over the past year or so, it's really neat how there's been the first this and the first women's that, and there's been such a platform for women's wrestling altogether. Um, and maybe at first, I, I maybe I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be the first this and then the first that. And, and then I started to realize I, I want to make history in my own way. I want to make a difference on this business in my own way something that's unique to me and unique to the wrestling business altogether. And I never really knew exactly what that looked like until things started to come full circle. And it's looking a lot like this Sunday, um, just wrestling on the independent circuit and 
traveling to all these different countries, I've been able to have my own little firsts and my own way of making history. Uh, for instance, uh, wrestling in Madison Square, Square Garden with AAA and getting to become the first ever American to hold the Reina de Reina's championship. Those were like little ways to make history in my own way. And for me, I've been doing intergender wrestling since I started. I, I started training with the guys. I started with Cedric Alexander and Caleb Conley, and we were in the ring six, seven days a week for hours and hours on end. And it was just normal for me. I would wrestle guys on the independent circuit, and it didn't feel like an intergender wrestling match. It just felt like pro wrestling. Um, so I over the over the past six years, I've gotten to wrestle some of the people who I believe are some of the best in the world, from A.R. Fox to Scorpio Sky to Tracy mm-hmm. Williams, David Starr, Sammy Callahan, Brian Cage. You know, the, the list goes on. Um, but I feel like Ele- like wrestling them has forced me to elevate my game and has turned me into the athlete and the woman that I am today. And so this Sunday we have the opportunity to do something that maybe people aren't comfortable with. Maybe it's something that is very disruptive. Maybe some people support it and maybe some people write it off right away because it's not normal. It's different. It's uncomfortable. It's not what you see every Monday night. It's not what, everyone grew up on it's not what someone might have their daughters or sons watching every week it's it's different it's we're introducing something to the world of pro wrestling that hasn't been done before on this scale and to be a part of it it feels like we're making history and I, it, uh, it's nice to hear that you are so aware of everything that's going into a, a big bout like this of course there are critics of you in the men's division right going for what would be considered i guess the men's world championship. Uh, what's your response to the, the criticisms and the, the critics that you hear that say things like that? Well, I think no matter what you do, where you go, what line of work you're in, there's always going to be someone who has something to say. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people have their opinions. Just like there's British strong style wrestling, there's Lucha Libre style wrestling, there's intergender style wrestling, there's different styles of wrestling. And maybe not every style is for everyone. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The only thing that I hope for is that people can stay open-minded enough to realize that there is a way to do it. There is a way to tell this story. And we're in a time where, you know, women are looked at as athletes. Women can go out there and we can kill it equal to, if not better than some of the best of them. Um, And to be in the position I'm in now is something that I've really worked for and fought for because no matter what I'm doing, whether it's waiting tables in school in in uh the gym in pro wrestling i want to be the best i don't want to be good i want to be great i don't want to be passable i want to be one of the best in the world and if you keep that mentality if i i say this always about anyone who has extreme self-confidence uh you, you to be successful you've got to believe in yourself more than absolutely anything and if you do then success is going to come organically um so, so looking forward to this Sunday, you know, I, I, I'm aware there's going to be critics. I'm aware that there's going to be people who like it and people who don't. And absolutely, there's nothing wrong with it. But when I have people who have come up to me after watching one of my intergender matches and say, you know what, this wasn't for me beforehand, but after watching you, I understand it. I get it. I get what, what, you, what you were talking about. That's something that it feels like a sense of accomplishment when that happens. 
a couple things to kind of spin out of what you just said there. You know, when I think about you and you talk about how different what you're doing here is blazing your own path, I, I can't help but think of your pedigree as well, because I think some of your loudest critics come from the generation uh, before this one right now. How, how does your dad, tell, well, how's your dad Tully feel about what you're doing right now and the work with Sammy? You know, my dad was, has always been super supportive of me. And if I ever need advice, I ever need mentorship, I ever need anything, he's always there for me. Um, and, you know, he may even be someone who didn't really understand it at first, but huh. he sees that I love what I'm doing and he sees the passion that I have for what I'm doing. And I think that's what he's most supportive of. Cool. Um, you know, and with the position you're in, Tessa, like I have to imagine you're hearing from more young women who view you as a role model, uh, really taken by what you're doing and the message you're sending right now. Can you talk to me a little bit about the impact you feel like you're, you're having on young women that are trying to do some of the things that you're trying to do right now? That alone is one of the most valuable things to me because in a few different companies that I work in, I'm able to be a role, a role model for young women. And I've got a little sister that's 12 years old. There's actually seven kids in my family. I've got two little sisters and a little brother. Wow. Um, but my little sister, my little son, she's going to be there this Sunday in the front row with my mom uh, to come and support me. And she told me that what I'm doing empowers her. And that's just, uh, that's such a great feeling as a big sister because, you know, being a young woman it can be hard, you know, you, you don't exactly know who you are yet. You don't exactly know what you want to do in this world. And you face different internal conflicts with figuring all those things out. And then you mix the social aspect of middle school and high school into it. And, you know, it, it's a tricky world out there. And not everybody has that person that has been there to look up to and has overcome certain things maybe that they're dealing with now. And, one of them or a few of them even can relate to me or can look up to me and realize like it's possible. And, you know, she's out there with the guys, she's wrestling. She, she can, she can do it. So can I, if, if they are able to take that away from what we're doing, um, then it's a huge sense of accomplishment. That's awesome. Uh, Well, and you, you made the choice here to go after Sammy, go after the impact world championship. Of course, uh, Impact has a, a women's title, the Knockouts Championship. Uh, if you do take the gold uh, this Sunday from Sammy, are you worried about uh, creating confusion or, or devaluing uh, the the other women or the women's title that that Impact Wrestling already has? I don't think so. I think that our women's locker room is one of the strongest. I think that our women go out there with the intent to have the match of the night every single time, and that's a great mentality to have. It keeps you on your toes and it pushes you to being the best that you can be from Jordan Grace to Rosemary to Sue Young to Taya Valkyrie, who's the longest reigning champion in pro wrestling altogether. Um, I think that our women are absolutely killing it. And our champion Taya, she's one of the strongest women's wrestlers on the circuit today. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that she's our champion is completely I get it. I, she deserves it. I don't think that me having the world championship, if that's what happens this Sunday, would devalue anything. I think, if anything, it just helps break down barriers or helps us take pro wrestling out of a gender-oriented box. 
Yeah, and you're kind of getting where I'm going with this, I think, a little bit, which is if you have the Impact World Championship and you're taking on all comers, which include women, do you do you see a need for separate titles, or do you think it would be kind of interesting to go the route of maybe unifying them and having one overall championship for both men and women in Impact? You know, I'm I'm not saying that that's not a bad idea. I think that if I think that it's not a bad idea for any woman to be able to compete in the same light as a man. I think that a lot of people are very old school in their way of thinking and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, a matter of opinion. Um, Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people are for it. Some people aren't. And like I said, it doesn't make my way of thinking right. It doesn't make my way of thinking wrong. It's just the way that I feel about it, the way that I think about it, the way that my mind works. If we were to have any other woman, it, it, hell, I, I feel like some of our women could go after the tag team titles even. Mm-hmm. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. You, you've teased that. You've teased you and Jordan going for the North tag titles <laughs> in the past. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that. But, you know, you, you bring up Jordan. And, you know, just talk to me a little bit about your friendship with Jordan Grace. You guys seem, like, inseparable. I see you all the time on social media. Why? What is it about you two that... You gel so well together. Oh, we've gotten uh, placed together like on a few loops where we've driven together, roomed together. Um, and, you know, we kind of bonded. And then uh, we have very similar mindsets where we want to wake up in the morning. We want to lift. We want to eat clean on our loop. We want to – that's just – you know, not everyone is like that. But her and I have very similar mindsets. So it's, it helps to hold – you accountable when you find someone else with that similar mindset cool um so her and i choose to hang out together on on loop sometimes just because we we stay on track with our workouts and our clean eating and then also we we have a lot in common in life and our views our morals um i think it's a really cool thing when you find a friend that you know it's not about it's not about drama. It's not about talking bad about people. You know, it's, it's genuinely a person that pushes you to be a better version of yourself. And I think that we have that in each other. Yeah, well, and you guys share something else. Uh, she is engaged to Jonathan Gresham. You are also now engaged as well to Daga. Congratulations, first of all. Thank uh, you. On the news. What, what are the pros and cons of having your real-life fiancé on the road with you and in the locker room at Impact right now? Um, well, I think that... The pros are, are very apparent to me because I think that it's so important in our line of work or honestly in any line of work to keep a balance. I think that in our line of work, especially when you get money and you get fame, that it tends to take some people and carry them away and they can forget who they are when all that stuff happens. They Do you guys need me right now? Uh, yeah, I'm in the hear- middle of this. No, sorry. Everyone's coming in and interrupting me now. <laughs> well, no, that's why it's fine. I thought I did something. I think, that, I think that it's very important to keep that balance. I think that with money and fame, it's very easy to slip away and, you know, get, get caught up in that lifestyle. But the money and the fame, it's not going to be there forever. It's not going to be there till the end. And, and when, when it does go away, it's important to make sure that you are smart about it. And it's make sure that you're it's very important to make sure that you 
paid attention to and fed the things that are real in life and kept that balance. And you're always able to take a step back and realize where you come from, remember where you started and you paid attention to those things that are real. Cool. Um, and you know, with you being engaged to Daga now, you know, one of the things that's become pretty hip, I feel like in wrestling storytelling these days, uh, has been the infidelity storyline, right? We just saw it with Alicia and Eddie and Ace Austin over at Impact Wrestling. Uh, would you, t- would you go that route if it was proposed to you to do something like that with your, uh, with your significant other? You know, I'm not, I'm, our relationship isn't something that we've had, uh, in any kind of storyline or anything, it, it just hasn't been necessary. And I don't think that I'm the type of talent that needs to go in that kind of route, if that makes sense. I, I agree. I was just wondering, because it doesn't seem like your bag. And that's why I was like wondering, you know, what you would think about that. So anyway, um, you know, and going in here into 2020, you know, the Impact roster right now is just on fire. Who are the dream matches you want to have right now in the company and Impact Wrestling uh, beyond this match here with Sammy on Sunday? Um, you know, I'd love to wrestle absolutely everybody just to say that I did. Um, I would love to wrestle Rosemary because her and I have never shared the ring before, ever. Huh. Um, I would love to wrestle Eddie Edwards because I think he's so talented. Um Honestly, it's hard to say because I feel like everyone in our locker room is so talented. Um, you know, I would love someone on my list, Amazing Red. I would love, he's not in our locker room, but I would love to share the ring with him. Yeah. Um, I, I've got quite the list, honestly, if I think about it. It's interesting to me that you said Eddie, Ad- Eddie Edwards because when I think of the work that Sammy did here in the past year uh, or so, uh, the brutality, the violence that he had with Eddie Edwards really brought out a different side of Eddie. Um, I feel like that's happened a little bit with you as well. Do you think that's a fair observation to make about uh, the intensity that's been brought out with your feud with Sammy? I think the more invested I am, it brings out a different side of me. And so with Sammy and I, it's, this has been going strong since anniversary, So for the past eight months. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's been one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And all of it has led us to this Sunday. Sammy's been the one thorn in my side. I've beaten Fulton. I've beaten Dave. I've beaten Jake. I've been so close to the X Division Championship. And OBE has just come in, in that thorn in my side. Sammy's been the one hurdle. And it's because all of his boys have had his back. But this Sunday, it's going to be me and it's going to be him. And it's going to be unique from anniversary because this time it's going to be a fucking fight. There you go. Tessa, I want to thank you so much for the time. Uh, again, this Sunday night, hard to kill. Uh, you're going to tango with Sammy Callahan for the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview today? I don't think so. Um, I hope everyone is watching. You guys can watch on Fight TV. Uh, make sure you guys are tagging Impact Wrestling, tweeting Impact Wrestling, uh, hashtag Team Tessa this Sunday. My guest at this time can be seen every Saturday night on BN Sports as part of MLW Fusion. He's going to battle Jimmy Havoc in a barbed wire match at MLW Zero Wire on January 11th. It's Mance Warner. Mancer, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Hey, not a problem at all, brother. But so, there's something I noticed. There. You said I'm going to battle Jimmy Havoc 
That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is Ole Miss are going to step in that ring. It's going to be surrounded by barbed wire, and I'm going to beat the shit out of Jimmy Havoc. That's it. Well, what is, you know, that's the thing. Why? What is it about you two, Mance, where you guys can't stop beating the piss out of each other? Well, see, it kind of if you, if you go back in a little history book there, and you look through what happened to ML Dub, Jimmy Havoc was out there first, right? Right. Yeah. So Jimmy Jimmy Jimmy's out there, and he was kind of just doing his own thing, man on his own, out there fighting, fist fighting, getting bloody, drinking. You know, I I can appreciate that. I can respect that. But then everything changes. It's always about money, man. It always comes down to money. Jimmy Havoc started getting paid off by Selena, and then there was a big old issue right there. And then ever since then, man, I don't respect the guy, and we will just beat the hell out of each other until one of us ain't there no more. I get, I get, I get, I get like Mick Foley, Terry Funk vibes off of you and Jimmy Havoc. Do you think that's a fair comparison? I never really thought about it, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. You got two crazy people out there that love beating each other up. We don't mind bleeding. We don't mind getting thrown through nothing. And we just out there to, you know, I'm trying to get my money, have a good time, and fight, man. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, Jimmy Havoc out there, I think he tried to do the same thing. Yeah, well, and I spoke with Havoc about a week or so ago, and he noted to me that of all the deathmatch weaponry, barbed wire is his absolute least favorite uh, thing to use in deathmatches. How do you feel about barbed wire uh, being strung up everywhere? I mean, for me, it's another day at work. I'll show up and do what I got to do. But if you want to get into exactly how that barbed wire feels, I know there's a lot of people probably listening to this, and they don't really know how all this stuff feels. Sometimes people – there was a show recently where a guy said, man, was that real blood? And he was so confused on the old master legit got his head busted wide open out there. Now, back to that barbed wire, man. Take, you know, take some bologna out of the fridge out there, right? Take it out of package. Take a piece of barbed wire out, throw bologna on there, just pull it across there. It's going to cut it all up, man, and that's exactly what we're going to be rolling in and get thrown into and get cut up with. Jimmy may not like it. He may not enjoy that, but that's fine, man. I'm going to cut him up with that out there. Now, have you have you ever competed in a barbed wire match yourself? What's your history in these kind of bouts? I know you've done a lot of work in other death matches and things like that. Now, I've been in some matches where there's barbed wire. Let's say they take a chair and it's wrapped in barbed wire. Maybe there's a a door or a table wrapped in barbed wire, you know, a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. I can't say off the top of my head that I've ever been in one match where the, the whole ring's wrapped in, you know, it, it's a barbed wire match. I can't say I've been in one of those. Wow. Uh, so it's going to be something, something special out there. Well, and, you know, you're a Southern gentleman, obviously, and you'll be down there in the South or quasi-South. I'm from Texas. You know, I think North Texas is a little different than South Texas. But you'll be in Dallas nonetheless. What's it like rolling into Dallas, getting to do a match like this alongside the Von Ericks? You know, that's a lot of history there. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of history out there. And every time we go out there, man, there's, there's fans out there that you'll see them meet and greets and stuff. And it's cool to hear from them. There's some fans that have been out there since the Von Ericks. You know, they've been – They've been going to them shows around that area for a long, long time. So that's cool, man. You could, you kind of smell it in the air, man. They got, they got a little, a little different vibe out there. There's a little, the, the history is a little more rich out there when you're in Texas. It's a cool feeling. How, how do you get along with Von Erichs? I feel like you guys would all hit it off. Well, I mean, they're guys. You know, I, I, I like to say I'm a good judge of character, right? Right. So those two guys from the. Short amount of time I've been around them. I've had some beers with them, you know. Old Messer ain't a guy I don't talk too much to people. I kind of just off the drop of a dime. I either like you or I don't like you. I get along with those guys. I got nothing negative to say about them. 
you know, they're, they're in their business. I'm in my own business. It kind of is what it is. Uh, you know, but I'll share, you know, I'll sit down and have some beers with them. That'd be fine. Who in MLW is your favorite person to have light beer with? Man, off the top of my head, I'd have to say the fans. Okay. I mean, I can't name, I can't name one, one, uh, one wrestler out there that I like to sit down. You know, it's kind of hard when you go out there and get paid to fight people. You can't really trust them all damn day long. But, you know, the fans at the meet and greets or after the show, I'm known to be in the parking lot drinking beers with people, too. So, you know, at the end of the day, the fans. Okay. That's a, that's a good answer. Fans are fun to drink with. Um, well, let's get back to you and Jimmy here. I've really enjoyed watching you guys go to war here over the past several months in MLW. Uh, I wanted to touch on some of the other bouts that you guys have had leading into this um, because you guys have already done a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, let's first go back to the Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, that you guys had on Fusion, and you went all over Orlando. Uh, what was it like doing that? It, it felt like Gold Dust versus Roddy Piper backlot brawl type stuff. Oh, it was awesome, man. It was. Uh, you don't see a lot of stuff like that, you know. I mean, at one point we fought up into his uh, damn apartment. <laughs> we were fighting in the street. We were out in a full cell in the parking lot out there. You know, uh, you, you know. At the end of the day, you don't see a lot of shit like that nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a lot of stuff that's kind of, I guess you could say, just scripted, and it kind of all looks about the same. But I, I like taking pride in what Old Master does. You ain't going, you know, it's a special thing. You ain't going to see it everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, the, I think this may have been the first time. I'm not really sure exactly when he came into my periphery, but uh, uh, Uncle Moon Man. Who who is who is Uncle Moon, Moon Man? Well, he he's my uncle. He's a dumb son of a bitch sometimes, but you know you gotta you gotta love him, I guess. Uh, I mean, as you saw in that in that uh, fight out there, because Old Master does fights, uh, he was with us. He got out of the vehicle at one point, and I think he was going to take some steps toward Jimmy, and then he got like I don't know what happened to him. He just quit moving, and then he had some uh, moonshine in his hand, and he said he's going to throw it in Jimmy's face, but. He got all wrapped up and he couldn't get the lid off. I had to. I mean, if you watch the match, you can see Old Master yelling at him, "Take the lid off!" You know, it, it, he's family, but you know, sometimes, good lord, I gotta, I gotta walk him through the day, or he'll get lost. Okay, so wait, this is your actual uncle. For those that don't know Uncle Moon Man, uh, how old is he? How would you describe Uncle Moon Man to somebody who hasn't seen him? Uh, he's old as dirt, man. He could barely walk sometimes. He ain't ever wearing no shoes. Like I said, I got to get him through the whole day half the time out there. He'll get lost and just go walking off somewhere. I leave him sometimes just backstage. It's just like, he's a fool, man. Okay. now is, He's family, but he's a fool. Now, is he is he a moonshiner, or does he just enjoy moonshine? Now, see, I, I've always said I don't talk about nobody's business. It ain't my business. He does what he does. I ain't going to give him give no legal names out here and get nobody locked up or get the cops called on nobody. He just does what he does, and he, he's there for the ride. I'll say that much. Okay, gotcha. Now, what's your now what's your interest in the alcohol industry? I feel like light beer, a manter light beer, a manter moonshine, oh, all those would be I, I, wise marketing that, That'd sell pretty good, man, wouldn't it? I, I would, you got to get somebody on that. I, I, I don't know. Have you have you had any talks about bringing a, a line to anybody, like other wrestlers? I'm going ha- to have to talk to somebody, but here's the thing, man. I see... You know, there's a, what happens nowadays is somebody gets something made and it's charging you, you know, a whole bunch of money, man. If I'm going to be making some light beer, I want it to be about, let's say, I, the beer I usually buy about 450 5 bucks, maybe 6 bucks. I want it to be $3 straight up right there. 3 bucks you get six beers, and I think that's fair. Okay. That Just... Some people may say that's undercutting or something. I don't give a shit, man. I want people to enjoy their beer and sit down and have a good time. Now, how much does flavor matter to you when it comes to a beer? 
Oh man, I just I just like light beer, man. I've had uh, people try to get me to drink uh, what I call the fancy beers, mm-hmm. and it's uh, they they'll tell me what it's made of, and they say, oh, this one's pumpkin, or this one's got some sort of blueberry thing on it, and this one's got this and and uh, vanilla and all this shit. I don't want none of that, man. I just want the light beer. Okay, fair. Um, come to Chicago. I don't know. Maybe try some things. That's all, all I'm going to say. There's a whole world. We'll of see beer what there. happens. Whole world of beer out there. Anyway, last thing about Moon Man is he going to be? At, is he going to come ringside with you ever? Are we going to see him getting involved in the action at all? Well, see, here's the thing though. I, I got to be careful out there because Old Master is not careful. And I'll, I'll run that back. I got to be careful because I ain't careful. Right. And what that means is I can't have him out there roaming around because then I got to pay attention to him and make sure he don't do nothing dumb. I'm out there as soon as that. As soon as. I'm getting ready at the curtain, and I hit that curtain and walk through there. I'm crazy, man. There ain't, you know, I got no time to stop and try to help somebody out. I'm in there to fight. Okay. So, you know, for him being out there, he's just going to distract me and, you know, take me on my game. I don't need him out there. Okay. Uh, well, I also wanted to talk about the Prince of Darkness match that you and Jimmy Havoc had. Yes. This was a, a hooded match. Uh, I, I mean, what, what last one was Jake the Snake Roberts versus who, – who did Jake take on? The last one I can think of. Uh, Rick, Rick Martell. Rick Martell, that's right, Yes. Uh, well, how did this come about? Why, why the decision to do the, the hooded match? Well, it seems like, you know, Jimmy always tries to go after my eyeballs and I'm the, I poke God, you know, so I'm out there poking him and his. That's so cool. it just kind of made sense at the end of the day. We'll, we'll put these, these, uh, masks on out there. Can't see nothing. And then we'll just go around and fist fight each other, you know? And, uh, like you said, you know, there ain't been one in matches since what, 1991. Something like that. Yeah. Some people would say there's a reason for that, right? Right. Yeah, because it was. See, we they, just, we showed that we could get one of them matches over, baby. We went out there, people. They were entertained, had a good time, and and that some bitch Jimmy is still up to no good, man. He had his old girl running there, Priscilla, hit me into hit me into uh, my gonads out there, and dropped me down, and they ran off. Yeah, the pay window, man. I was out there, all beat up. Yeah. No. So what what is going on with him and Priscilla Kelly? What's what's the story? How why why is she getting involved here? Do you think? I got no idea, man. She, you know, who knows? It'll probably go back to money or, you know, can't trust her, man. She out there. I don't know what she up to. I don't know what she's doing with Jimmy. All I know is there's another person I got to watch out for. So when I'm at the bar having my beers, I got to watch my back even more. So it is what it is, man. Okay. Now, are you worried about her getting involved in zero hour, playing any kind of role whatsoever? If she wants to, get on in there. Like, you know, there's barbed wire all around that ring, so. I'm not opposed to throwing a female into some barbed wire either out there. Fair enough. Uh, now, on that note, uh, is there any woman in MLW or I don't know because MLW is just getting their women's division started right now in all of pro wrestling that you think could maybe second you and, and help you even the odds against uh, Jimmy and Priscilla? Now I don't know. I've never been one to be out here booking, so I don't know. I have to sit around and look. Like you said, they just started up the division out there. I know they've been scouting a lot of talent. I know a lot of talent been sending in stuff. You know, so. We got to sit back and just kind of see who comes in and who who shows up. Or who, you know what happens out there. For, well, for you though, is there a woman that's? I, I hate to say got your eye, but is there a woman out there that you think has got a a, a tenacity that you gel well with? Hmm. Well, if I had to pick anyone, man, what's Missy Hyde up to? Can we bring Missy in there, and she beat the hell out of Priscilla, guaranteed. Now, real quickly. I, I hate to divert too far off on a, a different tangent here because there are other stuff I want to ask you about. But w- what is what is the deal with you and WCW? Like what you? I see you with these all these photos of flags, the WCW flag. Were you in WCW? How old are you? 
Oh, yeah, bro. That's where the big boys play, big dog. Like I said, I'm not going to get in there too much. I'm on here talking about MLW. But Ole Miss has made the rounds, man. I've made the, the rounds, made a lot of towns, made a lot of fans, made a whole lot of enemies, man. At the end of the day, I just got to hit that pay when they get paid. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, well, and as, we, uh, we're, as we're coming up here to this barbed wire match between you and Jimmy at MLW Zero Hour, uh, one of my favorite topics that came up in 2019 was the idea that deathmatch wrestling could possibly go mainstream in the next couple of years. Do you think that this kind of stuff, the barbed wire matches, the more bloody, violent stuff, is that is that a direction the business is headed? Do you think this is going to become more popular as, as time goes on? Well, see, there's there's pros and cons to everything. So what happens, and, and I've talked about this before with some people, is you know everybody that's really, really good at deathmatch wrestling is really, really good at pro wrestling in general. So, you know, there's some fans that go, oh, they're garbage guys. They just do deathmatch stuff. But if you watch everything that anyone does that's good in deathmatch, they could go 20, 40, 50 minutes. I've went hour-long matches before I've went. I I do a little bit of everything. Now, as it gets more popular, because one of my goals was I want to get as much deathmatch stuff as I can on some TV channels, right? Right. Because, you know, you look back, back in the day, like you said, Terry Funk and Mick Foley. Perfect example. They kind of ushered in that whole extreme, you know, that wave, and then you got ECW, and then you got all the crazy stuff in Japan. You can watch all this stuff. Now, there's a whole other generation of fans, so we kind of want to get it to where they see that too. But then the downfall of that is you got a lot of guys that just go, well, shit, man, if I do deathmatch wrestling, I could get over it. And then you got to try to weed some people out, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then if you got everybody doing it, then they make us look bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, then you know it just kind of turns into that. You know, if you see a really good deathmatch wrestler, know that that some bitch could wrestle, guaranteed. Yeah, it, and it, if there's some guy that can't wrestle and he's doing deathmatches, we're gonna try to run him out of there real quick because we don't want that. You know, being a stain on our draws out there. And, and that's a really interesting point that you made, Mancer. That's something I've heard from a kind of the the cabal of deathmatch wrestlers at the moment. Is it's it's it, it is kind of a thing you have to be accepted into. Right now, you oh, know, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people that can go out there and be wrestlers, right? And I hate to be diminishing of wrestlers and things like that. But at the current moment, there is a kind of pedigree. There's a certain standard, I feel like, the deathmatch community has in place with who they are and are not willing to work with. Does, does that resonate? Does that make sense? Exactly, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, like, like I was saying, like you're saying, I've heard a lot of fans say it, you know. The last thing we need is some guys who can't wrestle at all doing death matches and then hurting people and then fans thinking that oh that guy's awesome and it's like no you know if they don't know what they're doing they don't need to be doing that shit you know because this is some dangerous shit you know when you hit someone with glass or a light tube or going barbed wire that's real man you know that's it you know when the people say all oh, wrestling's bullshit no it ain't that you're getting hurt so yeah but you could go either way people could argue any any way they want about it you know at the end of the day it's just gonna be a bunch of people arguing would you would you do the C four explosive two by four matches that they used to do? Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, now now we just gotta have somebody make it before it, you know, so it don't explode before it ever touches us. Okay, cool. I'm sure Court will love that challenge. Um, <laughs> now, uh, lastly, here with you and Jimmy, um, is this? Do you see this as the end of the war between you and Jimmy Havoc? You know, I've thought that before in other, you know, in other fights that we've had. That's, now I don't, I ain't, too, I ain't too sure, man. You know, uh, we could be doing this for years and years. You know, this is Jimmy, Jimmy Havoc could be the guy that I, Old Messer ends up fighting for the next 
10 damn years, you know, there's no, there's no way to know for sure. So the, the more you bleed, the more money you make, the better friends you are. I think that's the quote from beyond the mat, something like that. So I don't know if we'll be friends, but I mean, we'll be making some money down the road. You never know where you'll be down the road 10 years from now. I'm just saying, um, I wanted to ask you also, Mancer, um, you give off a certain vibe and the vibe to me is like, and I don't want to make comparisons, but there's certain Steve Austinisms I feel with you between the beer and the personality and the ass kickerness. Have you and Stone Cold Steve Austin ever like met? Have you guys had a chance to have light beers together yet? No, not yet. Uh, you know, it could happen at any moment. You know, I hear that a lot. Uh, sometimes it's one of those things where for old Mantra, when I hear that, I go, get the hell out of here, man. But then, you know, other people sit there and go, well, hey, watch this and then watch that. And then look at how the fans are right here, how they interact with you. And look at that. Oh, when your music hits, they go ape shit. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's a cool thing to hear. Uh, I just show up and go to work, man. I just try to make sure the fans have a good time. They get their money's worth. They don't ever leave going, oh, that's bullshit. You know, so it, for to be compared to one of the best ever of all time, you know, that's pretty damn cool. Yes. So I, you know, I, I'm not going to knock that at all. Well, I, I'm just saying, a nice viral video of you and Steve Austin sharing some light beers and shooting the shit would be uh, would be some great stuff. I think people would enjoy watching that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people would shit their pants when they saw that. It'd be awesome. So, last but not least, here MLW, we're in a new decade. What what are your what are your goals? What are your plans here uh, going into to 2020, man, sir? Keep climbing that ladder, man. Uh, hit to pay one to get some of that gold. They got some gold out there. No master needs it. I'm out there hunting for it, man. I'm on a scavenger hunt trying to get that gold, so we'll see where it goes. Okay. Uh, anything, and lastly here, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the inter- today, interview today? I'll just go to, you know, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, put in on mansforner.com. It takes you right to the page. You got T-shirts on there. At every live event, I got hats. I got koozies, you know. You come up and take pictures of old man's round charge for no pictures like that. I ain't no asshole. Uh, you know, just enjoy wrestling, man. Quit finding stuff to complain about and have a good time out there. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day. Thank you to Tessa and Mance Warner. Two big shows this weekend, guys. MLW Zero Hour. I don't believe that's streaming because it's a TV taping. Uh, I, I'm going to try to put spoilers up on the site since I'll be on site. Uh, I don't want to uh, overstep with MLW, but I'm hoping to bring that to you guys. Uh, but, of course, uh, Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill will be available via fight. Tune in. Uh, I'll be there, and we'll be participating in all of the, uh, the media stuff around that as well. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, yesterday, uh, it was announced via Sports Illustrated. I'll plug it one more time. The Bullet Club, Bleach, the Bullet Club Beach Party uh, is happening April 4th. Uh, if you want to go over uh, the VIP, if you have attended an event before, you should have got an email with a promo code where you can buy uh, tickets early today. Um, but if you did not get lucky enough to receive that promo code, general admission tickets go on sale tomorrow. I believe, uh, like, over last, like a few hours ago, over half of all the VIPs have already been sold. So get them while you can. They're going to be gone here pretty quick. Uh, and if you like this show, all the other shows, go over to the Wrestling Inc. I, a Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Five-star ratings, nice comments, always appreciated. And one more time, Monday, before Raw, come on over to WrestlingInc.com. Big news about the future of the Winkly. Bum, bum, bum. Nice. All right, Justin, anything you want to plug, put over here before we wrap it up? At Justin Lovar, hit the follow button. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.